0: Right. Welcome to episode 494. Hello, my friend. Welcome to a fresh new episode of New Mindset Who Dis. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting me. And I really mean that. Uh, I know that I say that at the beginning of every episode and I say it really fast, but I do mean it. Uh, I'm a dude who shares his feelings for a living, something I never thought I'd be doing, but you make it possible. And it really means the world to me that you would tune in and listen to me do just that, and it's a crazy world to be able to do this. In fact, I just hit publish on this episode, and now I'm off to New York to be on the Today Show. The Today Show for me—a segment about a dude who shares his feelings for a living, all about mindfulness. It really is crazy, and it wouldn't be possible without you. So, just a quick thank you. Uh, on top of the thank you, I always do at the beginning of the episode. So, thank you. But moving past that, today I want to talk about how to know who someone really is who, like a a freaking owl, who they are. I think if we could have a superpower, I think a lot of us would choose that, the ability to look at someone and just know, just know if they're one of the good ones or not, to know what they're hiding, to know if they're going to contribute to a good chapter in your life or one that you're going to look back on and wish you could do over. Uh, Frankly, I would I think I would choose that superpower not to be able to fly or see through walls, but to be able to look at someone, to interact with them briefly and just know. And I have thoughts like this all the time, like, you know, random shower thoughts on the superpower that I'd want if I could have one. And I was thinking about this the other day, this as a superpower, I was thinking about what's the greatest sign? What's the fastest way to know what someone else is all about? What's the quickest way, the the shortest interaction you can have with someone that will tell you everything that you need to know or something very important that you need to know? And I came up with a couple, actually, a couple of brief moments of interaction that can give you tremendous insight that in effect, can tell you as much as you need to know or exactly what you're looking for. Because really, you only need a moment or two, a a truly telling, insightful moment or two to know what someone else is all about. And that's someone here we're talking about, a potential romantic partner, a business partner, a colleague, a friend, you name it. And so really what I came up with is that you can tell who someone else really is when they're given specific things to react to. You can tell who they are judging by their reaction, when they're stressed, when there's are conflict, when there's conflict, when there's drama. Yes, quite obviously, right? But let's break it down. Specifically, you can tell a lot about someone that perhaps you're interested in by how they interact with other people, not you, but other people. That is the superpower we're engaging with here. You can tell a lot about a person by their interactions with others, how they react to others, how they engage in a world that is populated by other people. Not just you. And I think this is really important because, with you, with you, right, they want to appear a certain way. They have an agenda of sorts. They want to come off a certain way. It's planned to an extent, it's orchestrated, not necessarily in a nefarious way, but as I've said before, the beginning of a relationship isn't real because they're on their best behavior with you because there isn't anything to stress them in that sense. So, of course, we're looking at how they behave with us. But now specifically, we're looking at how they interact with other people. This is a lens we're using in this episode and broader to judge other people, to see if they belong in our lives. How do they react to other people? How do they react to the world around them? That is what we're looking at specifically. In these circumstances, someone will plainly show you who they are and all you have to do is observe. So I made a list of a couple of circumstances here that we should really pay attention to. Because in these, again, it could be quite telling who they are, what they represent, what lies beneath the surface, what they do, how they act, when they think it doesn't really matter, when it's not something that, quote, is important to them, when they're just bullshitting or whatever. So the first scenario here is, broadly speaking, how do they talk about their ex? How do they talk about the people that were formerly playing an important role in their lives? Well, I could probably do an entire episode on this, and I think I actually have, but someone who specifically shit talks their ex, someone who blames their ex, someone who seems to have a me against every single person I've ever dated mentality, well, that's a moment to pay attention to. It doesn't mean they're a bad person. They they very may well have been wronged by every single person they've dated, truly, it happens. But if they're still in the blaming stage of their healing, call it from those incidents. Prepare yourself, because that likely means they're harboring maybe resentment, blame, of course, and so on. Someone who calls all their exes crazy or all of their exes narcissistic. Who knows? They could have been, but I think it's important to look for the tone here. It's great to be willing to talk about your exes. I think that's a sign of maturity, but blame is not. Blame is not. We have to be able to acknowledge our role in a relationship that ended, so I find blame pure one-way blame toward an ex to be something to definitely keep in mind. Another circumstance here to pay attention to is how someone talks about themselves. The specific incidents I think about here is the guy, for instance, who says, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just, I can never settle down. Or the woman who refers to herself as crazy or the friend who refers to themselves as a hot mess, right? Like people can be saying those things in jest, of course. But I find it to be pretty telling for one reason. You could very well be a guy who has struggled to settle down in the past. Join the club, man. You could very well be a woman who's been called crazy from time to time, or you could feel like a hot mess more often than not. Sure. You could be a person who's been through tough experiences or who's had tumultuous tumultuous relationships. Sure. Fine. But to label yourself by those things and set them in stone with the way you describe yourself that worries me. That means you have become a victim of sorts to those labels. You have created an identity around them. You've decided that they are you, you are them. And that's a bit concerning to me because someone who is mature and ready for a two-way street a relationship, they are aware, of course, of their weaknesses and their triggers and their insecurities, but they are determined to not be defined by them, right? The person you want in your life is someone who is not defined, By weaknesses, and we all have weaknesses, of course, but they are determined, determined to not be defined by them. They are determined to do the difficult things, to be willing to to try and to love and to be patient with themselves and understanding with themselves and push themselves, not to just say, that's just the way I am. A mature person would recognize that, yeah, maybe that's the way they were. Maybe that's the way they've been from time to time, but they are in charge of who they are. And so they're not going to label themselves in that way because they don't want to be that way. They don't want to be that way. So perhaps a red flag here to pay attention to is someone who is okay with labeling themselves that way. Because to me, that insight says they haven't found the incentive, the inner incentive to fight back. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, real quick, this episode is sponsored by Quince. And I'm a pretty simple guy, a man of simple pleasures, but I do occasionally like to dress up quince.com slash new mindset. So something to think about there. Another scenario to pay attention to is how does someone respond to disappointment in their life? Specifically disappointment. They wanted something, but they got a lesser version. Their date rescheduled on them. They hit all red lights on the way home, whatever. We all experience disappointment in life, of course. The question is how do they respond to it? It's a great lens to understand a couple of things. For one, conflict skills, (laughs) conflict resolution. You can listen to the episode I did on the drama triangle. That's also in my book, That's Bold of You. You can listen to my episode on the four horsemen of communication. If you want to know about the different roles that we assume in moments of conflict, there's a lot there to unpack, to unpack that comes from how we were raised and the experiences we've been through along the way. But past that frustration, mature people are able to pause and empathize while feeling frustrated. A mature person knows what they want and they understand though that if there's a hiccup along the way it's okay. It's the difference between for instance you and I having a date planned today and 3 hours before you say that work is making you stay late and you can't make it work tonight. You tell me that and I'm frustrated. Okay, because you know, we had it planned and that's really short notice. An immature response for me to that frustration would be for me to say, okay, have a good life. I'm frustrated. I blame you. It's all about me, how you wronged me, how you didn't respect my time, how you must think you're better than me, right? But I didn't say all that. I would simply say something to the extent of have a good life, right? Just done. A mature patient response would be, okay, well, I still want to get to know you. Life happens. How about tomorrow instead, right? Pause, empathy, not me against the world. And that, of course, is an oversimplified example, but you get the point. When frustration hits, is it all about them and how they've been wronged? Or is there understanding that the world is filled with moving parts, moving pieces, there's a lot going on, and it happens? That's the question, and I'm sure you'd agree that you want someone who can look beyond their immediate self at times, who can pause and see the bigger picture. One more example here, and this kind of builds on that, but it's how people treat other people. Specifically, how someone treats someone else who can't do anything for them, how they treat someone who maybe they don't deem attractive or high value, hate that word, high value, or someone who has a, at a, you know, an earlier point in their career or who doesn't have any followers or clout or whatever bullshit matters, right? How do they treat that person? That is the question. Someone who is all about themselves to the point about frustration, well, there's likely going to be an observable pattern here with how they treat other people. It's going to be all about them. It's going to be about what they can get, how they can level up. Someone whose worldview is them and them alone versus someone who shows respect and attention to anyone else, people who can't do anything for them. That'll tell you a lot about them. And again, you're right. We're looking at their interactions with other people, not just ourselves. So that's one last example. And really, we could probably keep just coming up with obvious example after obvious example here. But the idea is you can tell a lot about a person by how they react to life. Because it's easy for someone to be present in their in their best light when they're in control, on a nap, on a first date that they planned, on FaceTime with their friends, in their safe space. But what about outside of that? What about when life is not in their control? What about when you're in control? That is how you can tell a lot about a person. I think I saw something the other day on TikTok about like the, the travel together test. Like when you travel together, it could tell you a lot about that person. When things aren't perfect past the first date, out in the real world, you learn a lot about that person. And that is how we're looking at the health of a relationship or a specific person. Real world behavior, not perfect behavior, not filtered, not saying what they want you to hear or what you want to hear from them. We're observing them as they interact with others. Because really, how someone treats others is usually more free and unfiltered than how they treat you. They're more inclined to let their true colors shine through. And the color they show is a good indication of who they are at this stage in their life. Healed or healing or none of the above. Resentment or forgiveness. Selfishness or compassion. That's the question. I just found that it's easy for some people to be really particular and strategic with one person, you, but when you open them up to the larger world, that is when we can learn a lot about them. We learn a lot about how they respond to randomness, conflict, disappointment, drama. We learn a lot about them with how they treat people that they think they'll never see again with people that they think are just transactional because it's more real so that's the idea here look of course at their behavior with you but then look beyond it look to how they treat others and see what you see. So that's it. Just a short episode. I hope this gave you something small to think about, but big in an important way. If it did, I'd be so grateful if you'd share this episode with a friend. Again, I do episodes twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays. So thank you for that. Thank you for sharing. But that is it. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting me. And until next episode, I'm out.